0: All right. All right. Good evening, everybody. This is the roundtable for Saturday, September 12, 2015. It is 9:04 Eastern Daylight Time, and we are live on Blab. Joining me here this evening, barely awake, maybe not. <laughs> uh, Drew Griffin, a app developer extraordinaire, founder of uh, Podcasting Magazine, and also blabbingovercoffee.com. How you doing there, Drew? Doing good tonight. How you doing, Mike? Good. So I, I've been watching your blabs this week. So a, a lot of uh, a lot of activity on blabbing over coffee. Uh how'd it how go this week on blabbing?
1: Yeah, it went went extremely well. I was kind of surprised that we had as much activity and as much um you know interest in the topics as uh, I just wasn't ex- I, I didn't promote it whatsoever, but obviously there were some hot topics talking about Apple. Uh, the post-event, um, all that kind of news, and had some interesting conversation thereafter. And a lot of it kind of shifted over into the medical aspect of things, and um, yeah, I, I'm really enjoying the platform.
0: It's normally, normally in the morning, Eastern time, is that right?
1: Yeah. Right, right, yeah. I typically go about 10 o'clock, 9, maybe 10 o'clock in the morning when people are either just got to work and they have a cup of coffee or those that aren't working the morning shift they have a cup of coffee and they just feel like talking about whatever the random topics are
0: and also joining me uh, is a nurse practitioner extraordinaire social media superstar uh founder of sean dent.com sean dent how's it going there buddy
2: doing well how about yourself mike
0: uh, good, good. So I I saw on, on the Twitters out there, uh, you had you were doing something called IRB research training. Oh like, what, man, can you share with you what the hell is that?
2: Oh, you know exactly what that is. Well, You've for had to do audience people who don't know, you know, so in the world of research, um, we all have to behave and not follow in the footsteps of the Nazis and um, repeat what happened in Nuremberg and. We all have to behave when we decide to research other human beings. So there's a series of modules, learning modules that you have to take. And I've taken it for two different facilities. And I'm taking it for a third facility now because I'm going to be um, help conduct research in the facility that I work in now. So we're doing a small um, local study. And I have to go th- jump through the rings again to make sure that I'm not um breaking any
0: laws great great so we we have successfully driven everyone out um, <laughs> so
2: it is, uh, the- uh well <laughs> if you go back and look at my video you'll understand just how uh, exciting those things are
0: watching watching blab tonight so uh well maybe well maybe we'll uh, get some people back in here so well, our first topic uh we're going to recap this uh <clears throat> this apple announcement and uh uh, it was it was a great blab the other night uh, the, when I was working, but I couldn't come in, but uh, you guys had a great, uh, great discussion on it. Now that if you had a kind of a few days had to think about it, uh, you know, drew from, from the developer standpoint, you've had a few days to kind of see what, what are your
1: thoughts uh, on uh, the, the announcement after a few days? Well, the excitement has not stopped. Um, a lot of my attention over the past few days has shifted over to Apple TV. Um, the Uh, deep linking is going to be a big deal in the in the app development world Um, and just the ability for people to discover new relevant content or just be engaged with content from their tvs is is very exciting app developers specifically um, they have os tv which is the new operating system for apps that can actually play on the television a huge opportunity uh, from advertisement to just discovery and, um, you know, meaning more apps being downloaded uh, and interacted with on these devices. Extraordinary opportunity. So super excited about that. The iPad pro um, seems very compelling. Well, obviously there's been a lot of jokes, a lot of uh, people uh, joking about the pencil, you know, and, and um, whether or not it's a, uh, uh, you know reinvention and and uh, evolution of the process um you know there's there's been some very funny uh comments very funny tweets and stuff about uh the the, the new technologies um I, my excitement hasn't waned so I'm I'm pretty thrilled
0: and uh what what about you Sean there you are you going to get out and order that uh, uh iPad Pro
2: probably not I, I am going to sit in line probably for the Apple TV though I mean um just from a you know recreational standpoint it's going to i'm going to have a lot of fun with it but um some what of the other it, uh, specifically oh, I use I use Netflix right now I'm still using all of my you know I use Netflix and I think Amazon um video I use it through um my old Xbox and um it's a On its last leg at this point, so, and I do like the idea of the new remote, of course, a new toy. Um, The Siri function is probably going to be entertaining, at least for myself and my wife as well. We do watch a lot of movies, and for Siri to be able to assist you in uh, locating that particular movie when my wife is notorious for, you know, asking me about a movie with one particular scene and one particular actor... I'm going to be testing series uh, capabilities on that one. So, yeah. Um, I I can't say anything else has changed. I know that the blab that I think Drew had this past week, um, was it on Tuesday night or Wednesday night after that, after release, we talked about some of the um, possibilities or opportunities from the, you know, medical perspective on some of the things that are coming out. So, very intriguing very i don't want to say exciting sorry i'm not going to use the word exciting just very intrigued to see to where it goes
0: yeah i I watched the event and and i watched the the reruns you know and uh you know that that anatomy app on the um on the ipad pro was very very intriguing um uh you know seeing the specific meniscus kind of being torn and all that type of stuff and education uh, you know education's gonna be you know huge on this thing. Um mm-hmm. you know, I I I am not a big iPad fan. <clears throat> I, I don't I don't use it a lot, <clears throat> but seeing all the functionality of it, and you know, obviously I'm not very creative, uh you know, I'm not artistic at all. So like the pencil, I would I I would lose the pencil in the first five minutes is, is <laughs> probably what would happen with me. <laughs> um uh I'm I'm not built like that, but uh, but for the creative people out there, I mean it looks like it's very exciting. Um, I'll actually, you know, kind of take a look at the, at the iPad Pro, but it's not really something that's, you know, I'm probably going to be getting out and purchasing. Um, no. uh, let, 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 let me ask you, Drew, so have you ever been able to take a look at tvOS yet, or is it similar to, to, to the OS, you know, architecture? I don't even know what I'm talking about. Is it, uh, uh, have you looked at it yet?
1: Oh, it- I don't know yet. I mean, I, I've uh, been given access to it. Uh, actually, I had to purchase the kit, uh, so the, the television plus the device. And, and obviously, there's a bunch of documentation that comes along with that. Um, so, yeah, in, in, uh, in a sense, uh, I'm starting to gear up for that. Um, the, the, there's a ton of excitement around, around that for a lot of different reasons. Um, from a development perspective, uh, looking at just looking at that anatomy application um, and the ability for, um, you know, conceptually coming up with app ideas is not uh, there's not a shortage. And, and I'll just, you know what? I'll just how about how about I just do an announcement oh, here? Um, oh, wait, <clears throat> hold on.
0: OK, yeah, I'm going to tweet this out. So, getting, getting my full attention here.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, and this is a concept. Maybe other people will steal the idea. I don't know. But here's the plausibility with this app idea. Um, In the world of wound care, um, there's a lot of documentation that goes on in the description of the wound. Um, So picture, if you will, you have a, I don't know, a stage three or stage four wound. And that wound is progressing or it's regressing from week to week, maybe every two weeks there's a lot of photo documentation that's happening out there in uh, in the wound care world, just kind of documenting the progress of that wound or at least the status. Um, it is plausible now that if you're taking that image of that photo, uh, there's going to be certain types of condition, you know, the way that the wound appears, you're going to have, you know, the fibrin tissue, you're going to have eschar, you're going to have granulation tissue, et cetera, et cetera, all gross stuff. But, if that wound is progressing from week one to week three, you're gonna see a change in the percentage of the, the content in that wound. So the percentage of a granulation tissue, percentage of fibrin tissue, per- percentage of eschar uh, or callus tissue or whatever it is. What if someone could take their apple pen and color in that percentage and have it calculated mm-hmm. precisely for the volume and the percentage of slough tissue or fibrous tissue or scar tissue from week to week to week, instead of guesstimating it being 25% when it's actually 16 or 17%, you can actually you know start to color in what it actually looks like. So you, know, you click on the red tissue and you color out all the red tissue in and the application actually calculates the surface percentage. How would that affect your acquisition? I actually could take that a step
2: further. You could turn that into a 3D model. You know, you you would obviously need to create a sterile environment, or you could put like a, you know, uh, a dressing over it that we use all the time, Um, a see-through dressing that just lays over top of the wound, and you actually could outline it with your pen, pencil, sorry, outline it with your pencil, for a base setting and then like every time you see a, you do you see the patient or do a treatment you can outline the either you know what portions of the wound are changing or not changing literally in the three in 3d Ooh. Yep. i hate wounds but i really like that idea <laughs> <laughs> uh. Non-disclosure. I would never be part of that, but yeah, that <laughs> that but would you, be pretty you cool. You would call
0: Drew and say, "Oh, yeah, up. yeah, it's awesome,
2: mm, no. bring stuff over." Drew yeah. and I've already talked about that. I could never, ever do that job ever. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge
0: uh, potential uh, here with this. Uh, they, they also talked about the watch during the event, and they, they demoed this this app on the watch. Um, uh, uh, with, um, you know, tracking, you know, vital signs or, um, with, uh, airstrip, Airstrip. you know, (laughs) with, uh, you know, prenatal patients. Um, what do you think
2: of that one, Mike?
0: Well, I, I, I looked into it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it, it looks interesting there. Um, I, I don't know uh, much about it. Uh, fascinating with, with the monitoring of the, of the fetus uh, as well. So I was like, wow, interesting. Oh. Huh? Um, uh, and there's also the scheduling function, which, which could be with any kind of, uh, EMR, I, I would presume. Um, and they claim, you know, that they, they, they do have the private patient privacy things kind of worked out and, and as time goes along, that that's also going to, that's also going to work itself out including you know, Drew's potential future app. Um, for that and i'm just trying to trying to try to imagine all these kind of cross-platform things so you so you do that on the ipad pro you know you can see it on an apple tv you can check it out on your watch all those type of things uh kind of linking together uh and some you know somehow putting it into a medical record somewhere that, that the, the potential there is uh, very interesting
2: we talked about that in your on your blab drew is the the ability to to have that cross platform or to interface is still <clears throat> still not completely there. you said that you you know of a hospital that uses macs more than it used p c s is that correct
1: yes i i believe it's well the one that I know that has been using it a lot um i don't know if it's like current but uh i was i was um doing some work for uh children's hospital in Philadelphia um, just last year. And they were predominantly Mac. Now that may have changed or maybe they were just using it for administrative mm-hmm. purposes, uh, for documentation purposes or whatnot. It's, it appeared that they were using um, Macs or um, Mac
2: related or, uh, you know, um, Apple related products. I'm curious, like Mike, you have an iWatch, don't you? You have one now? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, can it monitor your heart rate? Yes. Yes. Now, so there, there's, there's, there's an app on there. So there's it? an app. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now does it have like the the diodes on the back the the back face of it so that you can do put it on your wrist or there's nothing on the back of the face, right?
0: Uh, yeah. On, on the back, I don't know if you can see that, but there there are there, there are is, a little diodes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There there are
2: stuff there yeah. to monitor it because mm-hmm. I I. Bought the the Fitbit version of that in the watch a while back, and it I I gave it the best try possible, and it was the most uncomfortable thing ever. So I'm, I'll be curious if the iWatch is at least more com. It must be more comfortable to wear than the Fitbit one that I had. Yeah. You know,
0: do, you, do you use any wearables at all to I mean for your training and things?
2: Okay. No, no. I mean you know I do the. I do Olympic weightlifting and CrossFit. So pretty much everything that I would wear, would I'd probably break. <laughs> I I'd, I'd put things up and put them down. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So I know that would, and I have like wrist wraps that, yeah, there's mm. just wouldn't work out for me. So, so do, do you monitor
0: training? I mean, I, I know you work with other other people as well. Do you monitor their training, like on an iPad Not, or something like that?
2: No. Well, no. I I guess yes, I do. So I I mon- I do a lot of coaching through one of the apps. You may have seen it every once in a while, once in a great while it comes across my screen. It's called Coach's Eye, and um, it's multi-platform. Mm-hmm. Goes across every device possible. It's on iPads. It's on iPhones, Androids, take your pick. And it it's a really nice video for shooting, like, slow-mo and having complete control over forwards and backwards, and then it has little editing tools within the app. So, I mean, that's probably the only real tool I use outside of, you know, good old-fashioned, you know, biometrics and other feelings.
0: <laughs> what are you talking about?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I... I am a firm believer in not weighing someone. I don't like using someone's weight as a marker for success because muscle weighs more than fat, and if you get stronger and you lose weight you you if you lose fat and get stronger, you actually will gain weight you'll get heavier, but you feel better, look better, move better so i don't even I don't even have people weigh themselves It's pointless it's just frustrating so so you get me off on a tangent again? No, don't do that. No, no, This is
0: interesting. You know, all all these potential fitness, uh, you know, applications to things. You know, I mean, you know, well, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just assuming, but you know, if patients ask you about you know fitness questions or
2: or they that do. type of thing, and, they do, and but yeah. then the minute I tell them what I what I do, they all get scared. Well I'm you know, scared. Oh I couldn't do that. <laughs> I couldn't do that. And and I, I always I always actually have a couple of videos from where I work out that I have people who are nine years old up to seventy five years old doing the same workout that I do, just scaling it to their ability. And you know, everyone keeps say everyone tell not many people will actually come out and try it. They're always too scared. Everyone thinks that it's too dangerous, you know. So well, it's too dangerous for me. So Whatever. maybe for the
0: regular person, Here we go. dangerous.
2: <laughs> so in answer to your question, the, the devices you're talking about, I think are wonderful for when you're doing like cardiovascular work, when you're, okay. if you're a runner, if you're a swimmer, things like that, because I, I still swim every once in a while when I get the chance. And I still use the old fashioned waterproof Ironman to, you know, monitor my speed and my laps and things like that. So, you know, I don't know how waterproof the iWatch is, though. So, that might be a might be a you know, not something you'd want to do is take the iWatch mm-hmm. into the water. <laughs> so,
0: I mean, is it is it is, is it like a hardware type of thing, or or is there an app that you can think of that Drew could build that would say, hey, this would be applicable to my coaching or to myself in fitness or anything like that.
2: Oh, well, they already have apps out there. I mean, and they're geared towards, you know, me, my area of expertise in CrossFit. Cro- there are CrossFit apps out there. There's, there's actually a gazillion of them out there. There's only, you know, a handful of them that are actually worth using. And you can track everything that we talk about in CrossFit from all of the, the major movements, your squats, you know, pushes, presses, things like that. So there are, there are apps out there, but, you know, everyone's just creating a different color. It's not a new app. Everyone's doing the same thing. It's just making it look prettier or it's interfacing with something that you can use online or track online. So, yeah, I mean, because, like, we have a program called Box Command, and Box Command actually is a program that you can look at the workouts online, and you can sign into their app on the iPhone. You can track all your workouts, all your, uh, everything that you do over a, a, a period of time so that you can say that you know at month one I could do this, but at month six I could do this and I was better at it. And that's one of the wonderful things about CrossFit is that you, there's, there's always a way of monitoring your progress because you do what they call benchmark workouts. You do a benchmark workout at the beginning which is, you know, like push ups, pull ups, and sit ups at a certain amount of pace and time. And then three months later, you do that very same workout. And if you can do more reps or do it faster or do it with heavier weight, you have obviously improved in some way. You know, so that's why I've always been a very big proponent, fan, and supporter of CrossFit because of those things. Those are measurable goals that you can you know, improve upon, you know, it's, uh, CrossFit have really has at least honed down the idea of measuring your fitness. Everyone likes to say they want to get fitter. They want to get stronger. But what I do, I can absolutely measure whether or not you've gotten better, you know, and I don't use a scale mm. ever. So ever. if I use a scale, it's to, it's to <clears throat> weigh the amount of weight that you have lifted from the ground to above your head or from the ground to a specific level above the ground. So, yeah, it's the only time I ever use a scale.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Drew, let, 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 me, let me get back to, to your to your wound app. I mean, it, is there a certain kind of, and I don't know anything about this, is there a certain architecture you have to follow to make it uh, patient privacy or HIPAA compliant? Like, how, how would you know, or is there a test, or like how would people know if it's HIPAA compliant? <laughs>
1: Um, well that's uh, yeah that there's um, there are guidelines out there there are certain uh, medical guidelines there are certain groups that you know you actually have to pass their their equations but um, and and their guidelines you have to you know meet certain standards for HIPAA compliance um, that is just the concept so building the architecture out and then worrying about the back end are two separate issues separate matters Um It's really the investigational phase, whether the application or the ability to do that is is plausible. Um, Why? Why would I build that? Because there's uh, because you can is the number one thing. Number two, the potential for better documentation is always going to trump whether or not somebody should. Um, For. Tracking whether or not a wound is actually somebody can describe a wound by handwriting or typing in uh, into the documentation that is very objective, you know, there's, you know, or actually subjective rather, when you're taking a picture, it's pretty objective. If you're, if you're taking a photograph, and you're actually uh, documenting technically what's inside that wound, you're actually seeing a percentage of improvement stagnation or decline over a period of time that's why there would be a potential for something like this whether or not i'm actually going to do it um is uh, really remains up to do you know doing a little bit of research first to see if you know if there's anything else out there in the market that would be competing and number two how would it be funded number three um, what are my own letters or d or c or something like that um yeah i get i guess the idea is the software there's software out there that is hipaa compliant you got to make sure that the soft this application will meet those standards that there's an opt-in process and that it would coordinate with existing softwares out there um from a teaching tool there's that would probably be the route that you we would go with this um so for example if a patient gives um, permission for for a nurse or um, a research facility or a a clinic to use uh, images of their wound of their body uh, without necessarily identifying who that person is it is an extraordinary opportunity to teach uh, you know would-be nurses um, more about wounds Um, sean just mentioned it himself there's you know, he's not really into wounds. I mean, who would be, right? It's pretty gross. A lot of physicians aren't into it. However, it just, it doesn't change the fact that, you know, the integumentary system, the skin is the largest organ of the body. Um, Yet so much, you know, focus is not placed on the skin. Um, As nurses are coming through, they're not really taught a lot about how to measure a wound, how to describe the wound uh, accurately. And it gets them into trouble legally when they don't document properly what's going on with the wound. So let's say we take this tool instead of it being a documentation tool. Perhaps it's a teaching tool instead. Now you have, I don't know, maybe 500 images, all of stage ones and two wounds. And you just go through stage one, stage two, stage one, stage two by the time a nurse goes through that module inside an application, they're going to know what a stage one is. They're going to know what a stage two is, and they're going to know how to measure that wound and how to describe that wound. Um, Then the second module might be stage three and stage four wounds and how to discern between an arterial and a venous wound and a burn and a macule and a Papule and a wheel and all these different types of skin conditions. If they're constantly sliding through the application and seeing different types of images and being able to identify it, now they become a stronger clinician because they're identifying things in the clinical practice. That might be the more applicable way, as opposed to HIPAA compliance where they're taking a photograph with the device. You know, they're taking an iPad in there and taking a picture of a patient without their consent. Um, that might be maybe a little bit more of a practical way to use it until more, um, acceptance in the, I don't know, Drew, I think you could, uh, you could sell
2: that pitch right there for, um, hospital admissions, readmissions when it comes to the never event of hospitals not being reimbursed for, um, ulcers. So for having, you know, You know, having the bed wounds, they're not, those are now not reimbursable. So the admission assessment by that nurse is crucial when it comes to a patient coming into the hospital, whether or not they arrived with something like that or that they developed it while they were in their, in their facility. So yeah, that'd be a hell of a spin right there.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Also uh, billing, um, you know as as you know as far as stage one stage two stage three all that all that type of stuff um now we also talked about it, you know interoperability um for these types of apps, and you know i I would presume that you know um you know developers you know, don't have access to oh well, this is what you need to do to make it. Yeah, into you know an epic system or this specific EMR or that specific EMR. Um, that's probably a whole different question. So
2: looks like someone someone there was interested we were... in talking about the Apple event there.
1: Yeah, we are we are continuing that conversation, Darius, and, and uh, Mike uh, was just was talking a little bit about the iPad Pro and the announcements with that. We were actually uh, talking a little bit about apps and how um, the general public or an app developer might be able to uh, inter- interface with that. So I'm sure we're going to be doing talking a little bit more about other announcements. Um, but Mike, you, you had a, you actually posed the um, point in the pre-show about uh, recording. Um, of physicians and, and, um, you know, what are your thoughts on that? If you want yeah, to I'm, switch, I'm, switch I'm topics. Topic, so
0: I apologize for everybody who is here for this topic. I'm going to change the topic, uh, here as well. Um, I, I, found, I found this article kind of in my, uh, Twitter feed, uh, actually, it was actually today. And, uh, the title of this article <laughs> I'll post and the, uh, I'll post in the, in the chat over here. Um, it's called it, when is it okay to record your doctor's orders? Uh and they talk about you know you know patients, which I get, I understand you know it's a, when you're in that visit there, um you know a lot of stuff it's it's you know there are people like me who talk really, really fast, uh and you know, they don't get all the information uh and in this article, they have people you know who are you know recording on their iPhone, you know, some of the discussion uh, and some of the instructions and, you know, the, the question comes up is, you know, is that cool or not, you know, um, as far as, you know, accuracy, as far as legally, um, that type of thing. And I've had, I've had patients, you know, ask me, you know, is it okay for me to record, you know, what you're saying, because I'd like to explain it to my family. Um, and depending on who the patient is for me, you know, sometimes I feel comfortable doing that. Um, but it does bring up in, in the article, you know, uh, this article uh, talked about people in California that, and I'm not sure about every state, but uh, in a lot of states, you have to have two party kind of permission to do a recording um, kind of as a legal type of thing. Um, so uh, so it's interesting, you know, as, as we use this technology, you um, i've even have, you know even in the hospital, and i 't know if you sean you've had this too you know i I've had people call in on their smartphone or their iPhone or something like that who are from out of town. they want to hear what I have to say uh, and and they put them on speakerphone uh, mm-hmm. for that um, so it's an interesting type of thing so uh, let, me, let me go to you sean it's have you had people who have asked or have you been around people or patients or You know who want to record
2: and or call in to talk about patient care Uh, ironically no I haven't but I have had more than over a handful of scenarios where you you're just you had mentioned that you know you have the out-of-town family member who's interested in hearing because where I work we have multidisciplinary rounds which is a way of uh, coordinating care with the the, the population of patients that I take care of so because Um, Where I work, um, we have multiple areas of the hospital, multiple disciplines, caring for the patient. So we do our best to try and wrangle all of that into one, um, one movement. So we usually try to have rounds at the same time every day, try and include the family same time every day. So the family starts to predict or depend on that time to hear the plan of care for their family member, which is nothing but a good thing. Um, and family members will call from out of town, and these family members usually have decision-making ability for the family member who's being cared for, and they have on many occasions been asked to be put on the speakerphone. And at first, I honestly was very, very uncomfortable with that, Um, and I don't know why, but maybe it was just because it was different or it had my first time experiencing it. After a handful of times that it happened, um, it, it's become commonplace because there's no loss in translation because it used to be somebody on the phone listening to me and then that person saying what I'm saying through them to the family member. And then the family member on the phone asks a question and it goes to that person on the phone, which then goes to me. And there's usually a loss in translation in some way, shape or form. And something as simple as the tone of voice you know you can lose a lot in the message that you're trying to deliver Um, i don't know how i'd feel about recording the conversation where i work Um, i guess i would want to know what they're recording it for you know quite honestly because if i'm going to be communicating vital protected information from the patient's perspective if the patient is okay with that recording then I think I'd be okay with it. But I take care of a lot of patients who can't actually answer that question, who can't say, I'm okay with you sharing that information over a phone or over a recording. So, I mean, it's, it's that's a touchy subject. There's There's gotta be some, there's gotta be definite legal ramifications to that. And like you said, apparently the state of California has already addressed that. I don't know what the laws are like that here in my state. Do you know what yours are, Mike?
0: You know I I, I was going to look that up for the show but <clears throat> I'm a bad host. So um <laughs> I, I should really know that. Um but especially in a hospital I mean there there are there are protocols you know that need to be followed you know there there are you know passwords that are set up and that type of thing and and if just like you said if if the patient you know does not allow their information to be released to you know whomever or or without that password then that that is not uh Know, that's not cool, you I know, mean, and, and probably not even legal as well. Um, Drew, what do you think about, uh, you know, as far as this, you know, it is kind of patient privacy type of things that we were even talking about before with uh, with app development?
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting, when, when I was uh, practicing, um, I just assumed at all times that I was being recorded. Um, and whether that's just you know, for my protection or just doing the right thing, you know, I typically, you know, assumed uh, and, and paraphrase the questions, always ask the question that I'm being, uh, you know, asked to, you know, in, in a public forum, um, rephrase it. So I completely understand what's going on. And, so, and most of the time you can almost tell that there's some, you know, some nefariousness going on. Um, one, it was interesting. Um, there was one facility, which I was working and where, where I was doing some consulting, and it was the craziest thing. Um, there was a host of um, a, a, a former host of an MTV disc jockey or something like that, a video jockey, um, came in with a video crew and what appeared to be a bunch of uh, folks, uh, elderly folks, that were doing a demonstration. Um, and they were performing some type of martial arts and, and it was in a, like a rehab geriatric center type of deal. And essentially it was a staged event where the camera crew can come in or came in to videotape that, but also take videotape of the conditions of the nursing home. And it turned out that the nursing home administrator was being investigated and ultimately ended up getting sued. Um, it was, it was the craziest thing. I, I, this just kind of popped up into my mind. Um, But, you know, there's some stuff like that where you actually have to be, you know, careful, you know, you you have to be concerned about patient privacy by the same token, you want to make sure that, you know, the community trusts you enough to not have to do something like that. There was a recent story that popped up where um, I believe um, a patient had turned on their uh, their iPhone or their Android device Anesthesia. while they were yeah. having a right. uh, colonoscopy. And apparently the anesthesiologist or the physician or someone, um, you know, said some inappropriate things while the, while the patient was anesthetized. And, uh, you know, afterwards, um, there was a big lawsuit that happened and, you know, the, the patient was ended up, uh, mortified or whatever created uh, claimed mental situation or whatever, and was awarded a very substantial sum of money based on what was said about the patient and to the patient while the patient was anesthetized. Um, So there's some crazy stuff. Uh, You know, I can see, you know, people wanting to record and I can see people, you know, on, on the medical side, not wanting to be recorded for, because of that, you know, that's that sort of situation. Yeah, it's, just,
0: it's just another, you know, another way when, when, when technology and, you know, uh, current practice um, kind of collide together and, and, you know, as always happens, you know, the, the legal system, you know, is, is lagging behind technology on, on how to deal with this, we all kind of see the good parts and the potential um, of using these uh, technologies. But you know, there's always you know people out there who are looking for another angle, um, and that's where who we're kind of protecting ourselves against. You know, that one person who could <clears throat> who could ruin your professional life. You know, and it's 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 unfortunate, you know, that I or that we have to think like that. Um, but you know, we've all known people, we've all seen people, we all heard of cases um, that are negative. Um, and unfortunately it only takes one case to kind of really kind of bring it down. Um, so, uh, I mean, I, I probably should be a little bit more conservative on, on, uh, having people record, <laughs> uh, uh, but, uh, yeah,
2: but you, you know. said yourself that you, you know, small community hospital, you know, almost everybody on a, you know, a very intimate level. So, 99 95 percent of the time you understand why they're probably recording you you know in the bigger hospitals where i take care of patients that are out of towners that show up have an accident have a problem come in get treated and leave you know it might be a tad bit different story but i guess that's the reality is that you you can't treat them by personal experience they should all be treated the same if we're going to record then we should allow everybody to record If we're not going to record, then nobody should be allowed to record, you know, that kind of an ordeal. So I think Darius had made the comment about, you know, his personal experience and what the physician did. And the the truth, that's the truth is that, you know, and I'm doing it on a very smaller level than you, Mike, but you practice defensively because you have to at this, the way things are these days. Everybody is always looking for the bad and not the good. Sadly. Yeah,
0: I mean, uh, just, so yeah, Darius, if you, if you want to join us, you can call on in, and and uh, a lot of good comments over here from Darius. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll see. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. Th- thanks for uh, for joining us here. A lot, lot, lot of good thoughts there. You you you, uh, you you filmed your kid getting stitches. What was up with that man? <laughs>
3: well, I'm just one of those parents who films my kid doing everything. Yeah.
0: You know? <laughs> so did you then post it to Facebook and said, "Hey, here's my kid."
3: Absolutely not. No, that's I don't. I'm not that type of person. I, you know, I I, I hate people who, uh, especially the ones who are like embarrassing their kids online, and using using the social media to like teach try to teach their kids a lesson. It, it's definitely not me. No. but but I I uh, I have about fifty terabytes of storage in this office of, you know, just redundancy of you know, video and photos and. I mean, I, I like to try to capture everything about, my these early formative years in my children's life yeah. because I'm going to forget all about it and they're going to be, you know, uh, rebelling against me when I'm older, when they're older. And so, you know, I got I to gotta capture the sweetness while I can <laughs>
0: Well, you you, you yeah, put on there, which I was a. It's a very intriguing comment. Uh, you know, it's a sad state of affairs when we have to consider wearing a, a hidden camera to to catch our peers. That's unfortunately that's kind of kind of the reality and kind of where we're at. Uh, it's kind of sad, but a very true statement.
3: Yeah. So I I'm a, a glass explorer. Uh, so I've got. Ah. I haven't. I, I rarely wear them anymore, just because. When I the the one reason I don't wear them is because uh, I, when I'm out and about. I people look at you like, "Oh, uh, this guy must be on
0: doing something suspicious." And they look at me like that anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, it's like it's so 2012. You know, like come on, like it's all, uh, all, all out of there. <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, we can, we, we can. Uh, we... Well, it's interesting <laughs> the thing you brought up about that, like... You know, if you, you know, the. You know, not, not to be far-fetched, but let's just take a look. I mean, if you take a look at your Facebook wall, um, one thing that I notice a lot of are a lot of these police videos. You know, you have, uh, you know, police that are doing nefarious things and beating you know, some people up. And then you've got uh, the camera angle of the cop that is, you know, showing the other angle that reveals that, you know, the person that they pulled over had a, had a gun, And they're about to grab it. And they're about, you know, nobody sees that. They just see, you know, the the non-attempt and they see somebody, you know, attempting to hurt a police officer. But because of Mike Brown or because of, um, you know, Trayvon or whatever people's opinions are of cops pro or against the cop, you know, you're starting to see a lot of these things, these body cams. And in, in some cases, you know, those cameras are catching a lot of, uh, right. nefarious things. And on the other both, you know, because of the cop, because the cop is and on the other side of it as well. So could that also be plausible in the medical space or any other space? You know, you've got, uh, you know, store owners, or you've got, you know, some people walking down the street, just doing some crazy stuff, you know, and, and these stupid moron kids that are, I saw a video today where, um, This kid was uh, being bullied by this other kid, and they're showing the assailant beating this kid, and the there's somebody just videotaping. Mm -hmm. Why why are they videotaping this crime? You know, it's just like, you know, I I don't know. So, if that kid wasn't videotaping, you would never know. You would never hear about, you know, this terrible act. But fortunately, some of these these uh, criminals are stupid, and they videotape their own crimes. Mm-hmm. No, no that's I, <laughs> I just went off on the table. <laughs> it was your turn.
2: It was your turn. Uh, on, on that oh, yeah, we, m- note, Mike, I'm I'm going to be uh, dropping out of here. So I'm sticking okay. to my sticking to my guns. So, all
0: right,
2: man. It, cool. As always, it's fun. Have a good one, gentlemen.
0: All right, we'll see you. All right, see you. See, see you tomorrow, Sean. Uh, so yeah, we, we we can we can circle back to these uh, to the A- Apple announcements. You said, Darius, you used to used to work for Apple, or like uh, what uh, what was that about? And what what was your reaction to some of these announcements?
3: Uh, yeah, so I actually had the unique privilege of working with Steve Jobs uh, between '99 and 2005. What?
1: Yes, yeah, wow. so uh, awesome. Uh, or was or was it awesome? I wouldn't know.
3: I wouldn't I wouldn't use awesome as the word to describe it. Uh, I would say intense, uh, unforgettable, and, and uh, you know, a life-changing experience, for sure. Uh,
1: yeah. So some thoughts on the announcements, oh. anything caught your
3: um, ear? Your yeah, eye? I think it's the best keynote that Apple has had since you left us, and... With that said, I I really wish that Tim Cook were more of a visionary and uh, less of an operations person, but uh, unfortunately, that's not the case. So um, he's good at carrying out a plan. I think he's sort of like reaching the end of Steve's, you know, uh, uh, kind of uh, leaving. Whether well, when he left the company, he left sort of a a plan to uh you know what to do with the company once he was leaving i think i think the company is sort of at the end at that at that point right now uh the apple watch i i don't think it was revolutionary enough at least not yet i think it, it still has the capacity of of being uh being transformational but I'll definitely. I will definitely be getting an iPad Pro. I'll definitely be getting the new Apple TV. I've been waiting for that for a long time. The Apple TV, you know, has everything that I expected that it was going to have. Uh, the the iPad Pro is exactly what I had anticipated it being. Uh, I actually had already bought a case uh, about a month ago, like a leather case, because I knew that the iPad Pro was going to be uh, coming out. So. Uh, it's actually fitted for uh, for the new iPad Pro. Um, the new iPhone, you know, went on sale this morning at midnight. At midnight, so of course, I I got one for myself and my wife. But uh, I don't know, four K video. It's not really. I mean, they're a little late to the game. A little late to the game with four K video. A little late to the game with uh, twelve megapixel camera given that it'll probably be a much better 12 mega megapixel camera than any other mobile phone on, on the market. Um, you know, of course I'm, it's not like I'm going to be switching down to it anytime soon. So whatever, are, whenever what are they release a new one, I usually get it because I'm, I'm doing mobile intera- interactions for, uh, you know, for the device. I'm, I'm usually working on uh, apps and, and, uh, designing experiences for it. So, um, the, uh, I would say the real groundbreaking parts that were worth mentioning were where Apple, you know, Apple's Apple or I mean, they're they're still thought leaders when it comes to kind of redefining human computer interaction and really innovating in that space. So um, I think that the the new TVOS was uh, was definitely there were definitely some innovations that went there. Uh, the sort of the card-oriented interface, uh, animated cards, very cool, the gesture, gestural interface. Um, the 3D touch for the iPhone is going to be uh, definitely revolutionary, I think, for someone like myself who's spending a lot of time designing interactions and uh, trying to think of new ways of engaging uh, users. So um, those are my initial thoughts.
0: What do you think of that live photo thing? It's kind of creepy. I don't know. Is it uh, seems like I oh, video,
3: or was that was, was the,
0: that the, my... the the photo where they take uh, you know one second before and after or something? Isn't
3: that, isn't that called a video? Yeah, I mean it's just I,
0: mean, <laughs> I, I don't. I, you know, I, I, how, I, how, I mean how, I don't. Even, I mean how do they store that? I mean I, is it you know is it what kind of file structure would that be? I mean it's. Just, you know,
3: I, I was being facetious. I, you know, I mean they may be able to. Th- package the data into a uh, JPEG or something and, uh, and then just unpackage it when, when one of the Apple uh, clients ends up uh, looking at it and then just keeping it packaged when a non Apple client ends up opening that photo. Right. Mm-hmm. So the data ends up getting stored in there, but nobody else can see it unless you have an Apple device. That's probably what, what it's going to end up being. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hmm.
3: Nothing, nothing too impressive but i don't know i do a lot of photography i'm I'm sort of a hobbyist so uh i don't know maybe it'll change change the way i do things just because i don't have to think about the fact that there's an extra second or two of a video that was that was captured
0: you know it seems like it seems like you're a little down on apple as far as lack of innovation and that type of thing the last few years is that Would I be guessing correctly, or?
3: I think they need a better vision. I think they need a. a, Oh, do I have a connection issue? Um.
0: No, no. Drew, Drew Drew dropped out. uh, Uh, Yeah. Yeah. No, I come back in.
3: When I was at the company, there were uh, thirteen thousand people worldwide, and we were transforming things from during Steve's era when he was back basically just creating and creating the entire product line from scratch. He really gutted the company. I think he laid off half the company when he came back in 97 and and brought next with it with him. And, uh, you know, now the company is over 80,000 employees worldwide. Right. And when you're at 13,000, And under the executive leadership of Steve Jobs, it's a lot easier to maintain that energy of a startup. When you are at 80,000 and you're being run by someone who has an operations background, it's just a matter of sustaining the company. So, you know, I I think that they've got a solid enough product line to be able to sustain them for quite some time. If they keep innovating and, and reinventing the iPhone, To make it better and better and better and competitive with the other things that are on the market, uh, they're always going to have a business. Hmm. I mean, the iPhone buried Motorola. The iPhone buried uh, Nokia. It buried Blackberry. I mean, those are three major companies that were buried simply because of the iPhone.
0: Right, right. Uh,
3: I mean, the, and that was not Tim Cook's doing. That was all Steve's, uh, you know, baby and, and his work that he did with with the rest of us. Um, so as long as that's cultivated, you know, the, right now the iPhone business unit alone makes more than uh, the entire company of Microsoft does on, on a quarterly basis. So just that one business unit. Um, you know, I think that... Uh, you know, I it, it's a sad state of affairs because when there are a lot of people still mourning Steve's passing that that knew him and that are that with you know were in the company, a lot of people they're you know they they look to his philosophy and in a lot of ways the nostalgia is actually bad for the company, you know. And as much as his design philosophy is the reason being the reason for that nostalgia is necessary. Um, I think it's suffocating them from being able to actually reinvent and, and uh, create new product categories. You know, the last time they, they created a new product category was probably the iPad when it was first introduced.
0: Uh, Right. I mean, it's, you know, people, I don't know, some people were looking at, at, at this wearable category kind of as, as this next product line, which didn't seem like it's, it's, it's doing much. Um, you know, are they, you know, are they running out of ideas Is is there, do they, is it, is it too kind of tunnel vision? You know, are they going to have to bring people in from the outside to kind of shake things up to, to doing what you're saying as far as, uh, creating new product categories and, and, um, cause it's going to be you know, only so far where they can not really innovate, but just kind of update, you know, the iPhone line and that type of thing.
3: Right. Um, yeah, I don't know if they're running out of ideas. I don't think they're running out of ideas. I mean, ideas are a dime a dozen, but uh, having the ability to have the vision to know which idea to to use is, right. the, is you know, I mean, an idea without funding, an idea without engineers is nothing. You know, but when you get the funding and the engineers and you're actually working toward it, I mean, even when I was when I was there under Steve. I'd say 90% of the work that, that we did was thrown into a design vault somewhere and, and never even saw the light of day. Only 10% of our work actually even made it to the market. So I wonder if they're even doing that. I wonder if, if they are still you know operating in a way where they're investing so much in R&D that they're willing to take a chance on something new. I hope they are because that's what I've always loved about Apple. I've been an Apple guy since, uh, you know, back since the Apple TV, you Mm -hmm. know, back in the early, early 80s. So, -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, I I want them to succeed. I really do.
0: Well, what's your bit experience with, with, uh, with glass? Is it, it, do you think that's the, that is a potential technology that, that, I mean, I mean, Apple's probably been exploring it, but, um, is that, is that a potential product category for Apple to kind of push forward or continue with, or is it your experience? It hasn't been doing much.
3: Google
0: or yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. Even, you know, even a, you know, a glass type category for any type of company is that
3: you're saying like would if Apple were to make a heads up display? Yeah. I don't know. I I, I don't think that's going to happen. I know it won't happen. Uh, they they were they talked down glass. Well, most of the people I knew that were there they, they they didn't like the whole idea of glass. And actually, they they were probably the, uh, largely responsible for the amount of stigma that was uh, that was placed on glass um, because it was actually something that Google was doing that was new, and uh, and I think that they were a little threatened by that. And that's I think you know the the wearables category. I'd say, I mean, it's been around since the 80s. It's just, it's never really been a thing until the whole Internet of Things thing. I mean, I've got a couple of books over there with um, old designs from uh, the early days of Apple. Let me, let me see if I can find them. Hmm. So this is a... Uh, This is a collector's uh, edition book that was sold sold at the company store uh, years and years ago. Um, No longer available, but it has, uh, it was one of the very few books that's ever been published with actual Apple intellectual property um, from the vault that actually never made it to the light of day. So there's like some, there's some in here and Apple approved, it was one of the very few things that Apple Apple approved to go out Uh, and there was, there was an Apple Watch that they had been working on back in 1980 or in, in the 80s. Uh, let's see if I can find it here. And check this out. And here's, here's something that looks almost like an iPad. Wow. Hmm. These are all concepts, uh, concept designs. Um, let's see if I can find it.
0: So maybe the, maybe the next product category is in that, in that concept book somewhere.
3: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, exactly. I, that's, there's a lot of truth to that. If they're willing to revisit some of the stuff that's in their vault, they'd probably be able to really do some amazing things. Um,
0: Are are they, do do you think they're, I, I guess with the size of the company now that they're really focused on operations uh, more so than before.
3: Design has lost its focus. Uh, it, it's as someone who was the lead uh, a lead designer there. It's it disappointing to me because Apple has been a, very much a design culture that I have loved, benefited and grown from. And I have a difficult time anymore calling Apple a company that is making really great. Design
0: breakthroughs. Wow, hmm. Hmm. and it's just because of their size. You're just trying to manage all of these, all yes. of this. Uh, I mean, because I, I guess just from a production standpoint, just managing the the, the production process um, and the next production process uh, right. is takes a lot of time and a lot of resources and a lot of people. Um, and the creativity part maybe is not as much. Is that right. is that fair?
3: Uh, well, the design thinking part. Yeah, I don't think. I I think that I think it's still there. Um, it's not like it's just disappeared. It's just a little bit difficult to more a little harder to get to. Um, When Johnny Ive took over the interface, the digital uh, design group, Mm -hmm. I think that that's where things start falling apart because he's not, he's not, he's a human interface uh, person from a hardware standpoint. He's not a software guy.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: So uh, that's my two cents. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Really interesting. So what, what, what is your, what was your reaction to this, you know, to this Apple pencil, you know, you know, Steve doesn't look, like styluses and all that type of stuff.
3: Well, I've been, I mean, I've been using a stylus. This is my Wacom stylus here. I've been using a stylus ever since my very first Mac. Uh, I don't know. I've had one, I've had a stylus for like 15, 15, 17 years. Uh, right here in front of me is a Wacom display. It's multi-touch. Yeah, I'll show it to you. So right here. Wow. This is a multi-touch display. Wow. It's al- it's also um it also takes stylus input. It does pressure sensitivity, angle sensitivity, um, multi-touch. It's everything I need. I mean, it's it's not a revolution. It's just a re- it's just a revolution in that you'll be able to have it on an iPad. But I mean, Wacom has already had a portable one, a portable tablet just like that for years already. And um, back in 2005, I bought a Fujitsu pen input display tablet that was. A little thicker than the iPad. Better, you know. Obviously, the iPad is a better form factor, but um, it's nothing new. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: so, I, so, so, so you're, you're 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 thirsting for something new and innovative from from Apple.
3: Yeah, I want to see. I want to see them rock the show. Like, I want to see them coming out with something where uh they're taking the. They're taking something that everyone uses, like an MP3 player, and replaces all of them with something fantastic. You know, I want to see them coming out with something that where they're they're replacing a, an entire product category. And and I haven't seen anybody you know turning in their Rolexes for an Apple Watch. <laughs>
0: That, that that's definitely true. Yeah. Yeah. But there's more bands. Uh, they're, they're marketing yeah. more, more bands. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, uh, well, Mike, thank you so much for, uh, for jumping in here. Uh, yeah. this uh, evening. Um, well, sure. I think, I think I'm going to close up this blab here and, yeah. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, thanks for your thoughts. And, and especially those kind of that, that backstory on, on some of your Apple experience. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. My pleasure. Okay. Thanks a lot. Good night. Okay. Um, All right, kids. So I'm just going to close this up here and uh, thanks everybody for joining me. Thanks. uh, Thanks to Drew and uh, thanks to uh, Sean and uh, thanks to Michael for, for joining us. And uh, I'm I'm going to put this up on my website, uh, drmixville.com. And also um, uh, you can always uh, see it here on Blab as well. So, uh, so thanks everybody for, uh, for joining me and um, bye bye everybody.